Hey there, I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to continue to talk about healing, being ready for the power of God to touch us and heal us. And so we've been talking about changing our mind, coming into agreement with Jesus. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you for teaching us your kingdom principles. We thank you and acknowledge you that you have a way that is good and that you're so in love with us. We thank you, praise you, and give you all the glory. I wanted to read this to you today because it has to do with changing our mind. And um, we're going to change our mind. That, that's what we have to do in order to be healed. And I just changed my mind. <laughs> I'm going to read this to you first, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. That we walk in the flesh, we're not carrying our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. So really what this is telling us is everything is a spiritual problem. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. So it's a stronghold that we have in our mind. That is really what is happening, and the root of that is the enemy. So everything is a, a spiritual problem, and then that stronghold is, you know, things people say to us or um, something the enemy, it, it's a thought planted in our minds by the enemy. Um, and he, he just uses things that were said to us, um, problems that we endured, um, anything. And then in so much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So he uses arguments, theories, reasonings to try to come up with something to exalt above the true knowledge of God. And um, so we are to take captive those thoughts because we've changed our mind. So Romans 12, 2 is originally what I wanted to read to you. Do, do not be conformed to this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. We got to renew our mind. We have to, to change what we thought before and come into agreement with Jesus to be able to receive healing from him. So that you may prove for yourself what is good and perfect, perfect and acceptable will of God for you. When you change your mind, when you come into agreement with him, you're proving his will is good and perfect because it's going to manifest. Those good things are going to manifest. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. You're going to find out his perfect will. His perfect will. When you change your mind to think his way, there's this man with a withered hand. And um, what I want you to notice is that how good Jesus is. Um, the Pharisees saw him coming and there was a man there with a withered hand. And he said, they said, you're not going to do this on the Sabbath, are you? And so there's a difference between what I want to point out is religion, people that are religious 
They live by rules. They have ideas. Um, churches always have this little explanation of what they believe. And so Jesus came to show us the Father, to show us who God is and the love that he has for us. So, so notice the love here. He went out from there and entered into their synagogue, <laughs> their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And then they asked Jesus, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? So they knew that that man with a withered hand bothered him and that he was going to go heal that man. He said to them, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on a Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? Or how much more value is a man than a sheep? So is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored like the other. The man had to make a decision. And maybe made one before that. Because there's two sides here, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, or Jesus. Which one? Which one are you going to choose? Are you going to choose to be religious? Or are you going to let Jesus love you? That's what, that's what we're deciding. we got to change our mind. Don't be conformed to this world, this age. Fashioned after, adapted to its external, superficial customs. Superficial customs, that means they don't mean anything. They're just a practice. But change, be changed, be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. Change your mind. Come in agreement with Jesus. He's, he's the good side. He's the good shepherd. By its new ideas and its new attitude. We have to have new ideas. We have to think the way Jesus does. We have to have a new attitude so that you can prove for yourself what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable in his sight for you. I love this word because it really is the antidote for living a sick, depressed life. When you change your mind, you can, you can be in the midst of depression or whatever. And then all of a sudden, if you just change your mind, for me, when I go sit by Jesus, he says something to me, and he changes my mind, and he reminds me. He's in love with me. Oh, yeah. And he has this good plan for me. And things really aren't the way they seem to be. He's amazing. So we, we are going to continue to talk about what we think. And I already read to you. Um, on the wrong page here. 2 Corinthians 10. 3 through 5. But I want to read it again. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh, using mere human weapons. So everything, I'm repeating, yes, everything that you encounter is actually a spiritual problem. 
it, it, it's a, it's, it's the enemy trying to build a stronghold in your mind to cause actually physical problems. And so much as we refute, okay, verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and, and destruction of strongholds. So problems are strongholds. The enemy has planted in our minds things to try to control us, to put sickness and disease on us. But we are to refute those thoughts. We are not to think those thoughts because as a man thinks, so is he. It's a spiritual law. What you think, if you think you're depressed, you're going to be depressed. What you're thinking about is what causes the problem. If you're thinking, by his stripes, I was healed, Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. If you're thinking about Jesus bore your sin, your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain on purpose for you so you don't have to be sick, then that is going to change your physical circumstance. If you keep thinking on that, but if you keep thinking you're sick, as a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. It's a spiritual law. So we refute those arguments, theories, and reasonings that um, the enemy is trying to exalt above the true knowledge of God. Um, lots of times you hear people say, well, that runs in my family. And I want to say you're in a new family now. You're in Jesus's family. And what runs in his family is only good. But the point I wanted to actually make is it's a theory. It's a reasoning saying that Jesus can't handle it. This is something that runs in my family. This is, and I've heard people say this. They didn't come right out and say it, but they're saying this is too big for Jesus. He can't handle this. I have to go to the doctor for this one. And so um, always giving an excuse why we can't trust Jesus. And the root of that is the enemy has come into your thinking to tell you that lie so you won't trust Jesus so that you will take a natural way, not giving God the glory. So if you, if you change your mind and come in agreement with Jesus, that man that Jesus said, stretch out your arm, he stretched out his arm as to say, I believe. When you do what Jesus tells you to do, that means you believe. If you're not doing what he's telling you to do, then you really don't believe. This isn't only about our healing, but it's about eternal life. The enemy is using all these smaller things in your life to try to control you so that he can steal your eternal life. 
Jesus is coming and he wants to show you himself. Just remember with me, he walked in to the room and they're like, oh, he's going to try to heal this man. Or he's not going to try. He's going to heal this man. Let's stop him. That can't happen. Satan doesn't want it to happen because it makes him look bad. It proves who Jesus is. So I wanted to um, get into Mark 4. We touched on it a little bit yesterday here and there. And so Mark 4. Jesus, and this is an amplified classic Bible. Jesus began to teach beside the lake, and a great crowd gathered around him. So he got in the ship in order to sit. So he got in the ship in order to sit in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was at the lakeside on the shore. And he taught them many things in parables. And then he said, Give attention to this. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he was sowing, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. So those seeds never got a chance to grow, right? Other seed of the same kind fell on rocks, and it didn't have much soil. And at once it sprang up, but because there was no depth of soil, when the sun came up, it was scorched because it hadn't taken root. It withered away. And then other seed of the same kind fell on the thorn plants, and the thistles grew and pressed together and utterly choked and suffocated it, and it yielded no grain. Other of the same kind fell on good, well-adapted soil and brought forth grain, grow, growing up, increasing, and yielded up to 30 times as much and, and 60 and even 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him be hearing, and let him consider and comprehend. And Jesus is saying that today. Listen, comprehend. Do you have ears to hear? Are you taking this seriously? I just want to throw this in there because our eternal life is at state, and many don't know that. You might be here today just seeking God for your healing, but there's so much more. There's a life after this life, and Jesus wants you to have that life. And you could say that by receiving healing from him or anything from him, you're going to be able to start to trust him. And that's his idea. Just like he walked into that room and his first thought was to heal that man. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you life to the full till it overflows. But the thing is, is, and that's what we're learning today, the enemy is trying to steal that from you. And most people believe the enemy because they don't understand the spiritual laws. They don't understand what's happening. Okay, so the sower sows the word. He's sowing that word in our heart. And, and just like he said here, some fell 
on the path and the birds came in and ate it up. And then with, with the thistles, there wasn't enough ground, or, or by the rocks, there wasn't enough ground. Then the thistles choked it out. And he wants you to know that he's sowing seeds in your heart. The Word of God is a seed being sown in your heart so you can grow to the place where you can receive from him and even have eternal life. Verse 10, And as soon as he, as soon as he was alone, those around him with the twelve apostles began to ask him about the parables. And, they said to them, and he said to them, To you has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God, that is the secret counsels of God which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable in order that they may look and look but not see and perceive and hear but not grasp and comprehend. Least happily they should turn, and in it their willful rejection of the truth should be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. He's explaining the snow. The sower sows the word. The ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their heart. But that when they hear, Satan comes at once by force and takes away the message that was sown in them. And in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept and welcome it with joy. And they have no real root, no understanding yet. They don't know what's happening. And so they endure for a little while. But then when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately are offended, become indignant, displeased, resentful, and fall away. He's always trying to offend, trying to get you mad at God, blaming God so you turn away from God. He is a liar. There's no truth in him. And we have to learn. We have to grow to that place where we recognize it. And, and again, that is why God is teaching us this now so that when you do get healed, you don't lose your healing. You have to have this understanding. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Verse 18, and the ones sown along the thorns are those who hear the word, and then the cares of the world, distractions of the age, pleasure, delight, false glamour, deceitfulness of riches, and craving passionate desire for other things creep in, enemy creeps in, and it chokes and suffocates the word, and it becomes fruitless. So cares and anxieties can be what people think, um, fear, anything to distract you from learning the godly principles we need to learn. He doesn't want you to know that he's the culprit. In fact, the word says he comes dressed as an angel of light to try to trick you. He's our enemy. He's trying to steal from you. It's not that God doesn't want to heal you. It's that the enemy is stealing from you. But 
it's so funny how, well, not funny, but it's so apparent to me how he gets people to believe him so readily. And if we have this wisdom, if we have this revelation knowledge, we're not going to believe him. And we're going to win. We're going to receive our healing. We're going to have eternal life because we have understanding. And so take captive every thought. And if it's not a God thought, then reject it. But you got to know the word and able to do that. So by his wounds, you were healed. The enemy is going to come and say you're sick. Get back in that wheelchair. You can't do that. You're not good enough. But the word says... You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus gave his life for you. He said, if you believe, if you believe, you're going to do what I was doing, and even greater. Jesus is in love with you, just like he sought out that man with a withered hand. He's, he's, he's seeking after you. He wants you to know that he loves you. He has good for you. But there's a way. The enemy is, is keeping it from you, but there is a way, and that is to recognize you have an enemy, that he is the culprit, and you have authority over him. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, all power and authority I have given unto you. Nothing can harm you. We have authority over the enemy, but if we don't know it, then he has authority over us, right? If we don't have understanding, we don't know what's going on, but he does, and he has one up on us. And so we have to study the word. We have to know Jesus. We have to know how the kingdom operates so that we can stay in the kingdom, so we can stay under that covering that God is giving us. So we got to change our mind. you got to decide. Whose side are you going to be on? In every circumstance, when you first start learning this, you're going to have to, and even after, always check. Whose side are you on? Did you change your mind? Are you drifting back into that old way of thinking? Are you conforming to the world and their way of doing the superficial This place that we live in right here and right now is temporary. We're not going to be here long. Jesus is going around doing good, Acts 10.38. Jesus went around doing good, healing all, especially those who were asked and oppressed by the enemy. We are harassed and oppressed by the enemy. He is building strongholds in our thinking that causes all kinds of things, all kinds of trouble. He is the root of our problems. 
Jesus is seeking us out. He wants to do good. He wants to heal you. He wants to teach you that you are in charge of the enemy. You don't have to be harassed and oppressed by him. You have authority over him. And it all stems from changing your mind and believing Jesus, finding out the kingdom ways, the kingdom principles. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek his way of doing and being right, and everything you need will be added to you. Some of our distractions that the enemy uses is worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear, what people think. Let's finish this now. So those, verse 20, and those sown on good, well-adapted soil are those who hear the word, receive it, accept it, and welcome it, and bear fruit. So you hear it, you receive it, you understand it, you apply it, you welcome it, and then you're going to bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and even 100-fold. Just like when you plant a seed in good soil, it's going to grow. Verse 21, he said to them, Is a lamp brought to put under a peck measure or under a bed and not to be put on a lampstand? Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation, for there's nothing hidden except to be revealed. Nothing, nor is anything kept secret except in order to be known. He's giving us revelation knowledge today. He's telling us, the secrets of the kingdom of God. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening, perceive, and comprehend. You have to decide to change your mind, to understand, and to go ahead and live the way Jesus is instructing us to live. He said, be careful what you are hearing. This is a big thing. Be careful what you're hearing. If you're hearing the word, it's going to grow in your heart. And you're going to get 30, 1600 fold return. He's telling us the answer. He said the whole thing backwards. Be careful what you're hearing. That's the key. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear, this is the truth, will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides. The more you listen, the more understanding you'll have, the more revelation knowledge you'll have, and the more fruit you will have. Twenty-six. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground, and then he continues sleeping, rising day and night, while the seed sprouts and grows and increases, and he knows not how. Right? You put a seed in the ground, and you don't you don't know how it's working, but it's working. It sprouts, it grows. And the same thing happens when you put the word in your heart. You know, at first, you don't really know what you're doing. You really don't have much understanding. But if you keep paying attention to what you hear, if you keep plant, planting those seeds, if you keep doing what Jesus is telling you to do, if you know the kingdom principles and you practice them and you don't get distracted from them, then you're going to get to this place where you're going to just keep doing it day and night, day and night. And then all of a sudden, it grows. All of a sudden, you're healed. 
It just, because you just kept doing it. One of the things the enemy distracts us with is pain. People hurt us, and we end up in this place of unforgiveness. It's a big distraction. It takes a long time when somebody comes and hurts you. And so you have to be willing to forgive. It has to be a practice in our life. God said, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. And so that is exactly what we just read, hearing the word, deciding to do the word, being well-adapted soil. Okay, I don't want to forgive and it hurts, but I'm going to forgive. That's well-adapted soil. You're adapting to his kingdom principles. But many people would say, I can't, I won't. I'm not doing that. And they turn away from Jesus. And I just want to tell you, those same people can't receive from Jesus. And in fact, on that day, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. It's his will for you to forgive. It's his will. And so if you won't do it, then on that day he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. It's his law to forgive. It's his law to love. The most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is to love your neighbor. And so his law is about love. He is love. And so that is one of the big distractions Satan uses, is to get somebody to come to offend you. And so you're holding this unforgiveness that sometimes can last years or or even a lifetime. And it's time that we just grow up and let it go. Let it drop. Let it go. Forgive them. Let them off the hook. Revelation 3.20 said, says he's knocking on the door of your heart. And if you would answer that knock by heeding his voice, he would come and live on the inside of you. And he's going to teach you, lead you. He said the Holy Spirit would come, be your counselor, your standby. He would remind you the things Jesus said. He's going to bring things to remembrance and tell you things to come. So if you never said that prayer, then I'd like to pray it with you. But remember, you have to decide that you're going to heed his voice. Otherwise, it's really a meaningless prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to live on the inside of us, that you, you want to be with us all the time, and we want you to be there. We, we want what you have for us. We thank you that you are looking for someone to love, to heal, And here here we are, Lord. We submit to you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you for searching for us. Thank you, Jesus. I just really feel like he's saying that, too. He's searching you out. It's not his will that one should perish, and he's coming. 
And not only wants to heal you, but he wants to save you from eternal damnation. So if you're in desperate need of healing, you're, you're in a good place. You're in a good place. Just do whatever he tells you to do. What do you say to Jairus? He said, only believe and you'll see your daughter well. If you do what he tells you to do, you'll only see good. <laughs>